0: The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay paul Nadeau.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Inspire Us. Well, I have been so inspired by all my guests. All the speakers who have come on to share their information and their incredible stories have inspired me, and I'm certain that they have inspired you as well. And talking about inspiration, my next guest is a number one international mega-success and TEDx speaker in over 40 countries. She shared the stage with Dr. Phil, Jane Fonda, Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson, John Travolta, and dozens more. She's been in magazines such as Oprah's O and Chatelaine, and on covers like Thrive and in Business Booster Today, as well as having been seen on ABC, BBC, CBC, and many more stations globally. She climbed the Himalayas. And she captained tall ships and is a decorated World Cup athlete. This woman has done it all. She's a best-selling author as well. And guess what? Her motto is, if I can do it, you can do it, no excuses. And why does she use that motto? Because this woman was born with no arms and no legs. She is a four-way amputee. And to her, that doesn't stop her from accomplishing everything. Jumping out of planes. You'll hear all kinds of wonderful things. Anyway, without any further delay, it is my pleasure to introduce you to the unstoppable Tracy Smith. Hello, Tracy, and welcome to Inspire Us. I'm so excited to have you on.
2: Oh, Paul, I'm so excited to be here.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I saw you at uh, Stuart Knight's Top 10 event, and never uh, imagined uh, that I would ever be talking to you face to face and getting your there you go and getting your incredible story firsthand. It's amazing how things uh, turn out. And Stuart has been a a great help to me. And uh, I really, I really enjoyed your story. Why don't you tell our audience uh, about your incredible past and what you're doing now?
2: And on Stuart Knight that night on top 10 event, how (laughs) phenomenal to share the stage with Jane Fonda. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that
2: was, it was mind blowing to be there in this big standing ovation and I'm walking off and all the lights are in your eyes and I go to go in the curtain and then somebody hauls me, like grabs my arm, like super tight. And I can feel these big, deeping fingers. And I'm like, ah, like my only arm, right? (laughs) For your podcast listeners, I'm missing my legs above knees and my left arm above elbow. And I've got one arm. And so somebody grabs my one and only arm and I think they're going to haul it off. and, And who is it that's pulling me into the curtains and around the curtains on another side, but Jane Fonda. And she just gave me the most incredible, phenomenal hug. And you talk about life journey, like who'd have thought this girl, you know, no arms, no legs, grew up in affordable housing uh, in an area called Scarborough for folks that aren't in greater Toronto area from all our international listeners to go from affordable housing, four-way amputee to sharing the stage with Jane Fonda (laughs) to Stuart Knight, right? It's pretty, pretty amazing uh, journey along the way. I'm going to pause a second because I didn't even answer the question, but I've been talking so long. I want to see if you wanted to probe further.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I, I do. Uh, we'll get there first. Um, let's talk about. Well, you were born a four-way um, amputee, right? And- I was. Yeah, and and well, you still are, and I as you- still,
2: yeah, they didn't grow back. I have to keep telling the wheelchair permit people <laughs> they haven't grown back, but I got to keep going to the doctor to prove that they didn't grow back.
1: <laughs> right, right. There you go. Um, why don't you tell us about your your childhood? Uh, how that must have been very very difficult uh, growing up like that.
2: You know, uh, my street was so close. It was a phenomenal neighborhood. Everybody was from another country. And so all of our Hanukkahs and Christmases and Kwanza's and Ramadans and Eids, like they were all on our street with each other because nobody had any family uh, in Canada. So it was a really tight-knit group. So I was, I was blessed that when I went off to go to kindergarten, I just, I didn't see myself as all that different because I had these great neighborhood kids and we were all around the same age and we're heading off to school. And I was flabbergasted when I was like, bright-eyed, massive <laughs> smile, facing the principal at the front door. Because all summer, my mama told me, I get to go to school today, and I'm all <laughs> excited. And the principal's looking like scared. Right. And his eyes were huge, looking at me without my hands and my prosthetic legs. And, and he doesn't even really do a really big greeting, like, hello, welcome to our school that you're expecting he just sort of looks at my mom and i and he says i'm sorry tracy can't go to this school what yeah so like first interaction off of my street was like a complete no And and that's my that's my life, like the first time skiing, first time sailing, first time swimming, first time trying to fly an airplane, first time trying to jump out of an airplane, first time trying to go scuba diving. And and so all of my firsts in the sport world and the adventure world and in my education world, you know, trying to get into your master's, there's certain tests that you need to do to show your acuity to get in, but of course the format of the platform wasn't accessible for me without my hands. So how do you demonstrate how smart you are when you can't physically enter your answers? Uh, And so there was a no there. So even getting into my master's program, like so all along I'm faced with no, but I'm so glad that that day that principal had said no because that day has equipped me with every no ever since. Uh, shall I go on?
1: Yeah, well, let me ask you about that. Okay, so the first day you go to school, all bright-eyed and so excited, and all kids are that way. And I I actually had one boy on my show, he's 12 years old, and when he went to school for the first day, he was so delighted as well. But yeah. you you were faced with this no, and a series of no's after that. How does that make you feel each and every time you get the no?
2: So what I learned that day is that no, N-O, just means K-N-O-W. Oh. They just don't know. Wow. So when I hear you saying that, I'm thinking, like, oh, gee, that does sound pretty rotten. But it's funny that I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, yeah, it comes across like that. And that's not actually the full the full no of it, right? Is Is no just means they just don't know. Either I don't know or they don't know or the system doesn't know. So it's like, okay, how do we figure it out then, right? Mm. If you don't know something, you just got to figure it out. So that's, I realized I didn't know when the principal said no, but I learned before that day was over that he just didn't know, right? And that's what was so phenomenal to, to master all these no's. And I think that's why it's okay in sales and in relationships and in friendships that when people say no, it's just. There's something one of us doesn't know.
1: Well, that's and then, it. Yeah. And, and don't, most transactions or most negotiations, uh, even relationships, they begin with the word no, until we develop uh, a knowledge about the individual, trust. We, we learn to like them. We know them. We trust them. And that's when the no becomes a Yes. And you, you've you gotten so good at mastering that over the years because you've accomplished so, so much. Are there times that, uh, that it gets to you still? Does a no still get to you?
2: Oh, so I think of my Paralympic journey as an example mm-hmm. that you heard that day on the top 10 event. I... I spent three months living in my car, hiding in a boat yard between two big multi-million dollar yachts, washing and waxing, kind of like the karate kid, wax on, (laughs) wax off, for like three months trying to turn a no into a yes with a man named Magnus Ligidal. And Magnus is the only gold Olympian in all of North America at the time when I decided to pursue my Paralympic dream. And I thought, you know, if I need 10,000 hours and I need to catch up, if, what's it gonna take, like who you surround yourself with, I'm gonna surround myself with the best of the best. And this man, Magnus, you know, he's a big gigantic Viking-like man. And he's mostly interacting with a male dominated sport of sailing is men. And mm. most of these men have already demonstrated like gold medals in in a variety of national and international races before the Olympics. So they're already showing gold potential for the Olympics and they're all able-bodied. And so Tracy from Toronto, who's a female who hasn't got any national medals to really show for herself. I mean, obviously it wasn't appropriate and, and for free, right? This man's time is gold. What? Why would he spend time? But for three months, I washed and waxed his boats, and I tried to run errands for him and buy lunch for him, and 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 hiding in in his boatyard. And so I remember being like on the eighty eighth day of sleeping in my car, and every morning I wake up and I look in the mirror, the rearview mirror of my car, and I'd be like, okay, today's the day that I'm gonna convince Magnus to take me on, you know, and And so on this 88th day, even if I said it 12 times, I I couldn't believe it because that was the trick. I never got out of the car unless I believed what I was telling myself in the rearview mirror. But that day I said it like 12 times, 24 times. And I just didn't believe it anymore because it hadn't happened for 88 days. And so I had to change my story. And this time I talked to my rearview mirror and I said, you know what? I'm just going to be the best version of myself today. And I, I got out of the car and somebody was struggling with a crane. Uh, they were hoiring their boat into the water. And of course, I'd been there for 88 days. I knew the nuances of the crane. So I go over and I give them a hand with, with lifting their boat into the water. And then somebody else was struggling and I gave them a hand. And then some guy was flying in hot and fast into the dock. And it looked like he was gonna crash into the dock. And 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 I sort of shout out, you know, let off your main and push your boom and some sailing stuff to slow them down, head to me. And I positioned myself where the wind was so that it caused their boat to slow down. And well, of course, guess who sees all of this?
1: Mm, Magnus, I'm guessing.
2: Magnus.
0: Mm. And he walks
2: over to me after three months and he's like, Tracy. You know how to sail. I'm like, yes, Vegas, I know how to sail. (laughs) But and so I did have a low day. And it was it, there were funks and a lot of low days, but and that's an extreme scenario. But it really is what can you face yourself in the mirror with and be really intentional about and then start your day. And don't just say it. You got to say it and believe it and then be what it is it's not it's not just saying it and believing it like i love the power of suggestion i love the law of attraction you put it out there but you don't put it out there and it magically happens right you have to believe it and then you got to do whatever it takes to make it happen
1: and that is that is the key uh, it is that positive self-talk but you have to believe it saying the words is not enough it, there has to be the feeling and the belief behind the words that you say and i uh, for those who don't know the story uh, you were trying to uh, join magnus's team for sailing and uh, and that ended up happening for you right yes well <laughs> and so
2: i was trying to get to the paralympic trials and i wanted magnus to coach me
1: all right uh,
2: And Magnus, actually, he got me to London 2012 Paralympic Trials. And he got me to Rio 2016 Paralympic Trials. But he also got me to 135 other races around the world. I was in Melbourne, Australia at an Olympic class regatta, which is a World Cup regatta for able-bodied people. There were 27 men and there were only three women. And all 29 of them had their hands and their legs. Mm -hmm. I was the only one out of 30 that that didn't have hands and legs. Right. And and I flew myself there all the way to Melbourne, Australia, on my dime. I chartered a boat. And, you know, as an athlete, I wasn't making lots of money, about $10,000 a year. So it was a big deal to charter a boat and fly there. And then the first day of races, just like we said at the beginning of this podcast, what do they say? But
1: no. No, I'm sorry. We can't get Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. they totally boycotted me. And uh, so I said, how come? And they said, it's a one class design. And because I borrowed, I chartered my boat. I had duct tape on the handle to make it work for me. And I put a pool noodle around where my legs were to make it work for me. And so they said, oh, those are adaptions. And that's not one class design. Mm. So I tore off the duct tape and I tore off the pool noodle (laughs) <laughs> and I raced in the boat unadapted so that it I met the rules of one class design. And even if I came last, 30th out of 30, I would have been 30th in the entire world, male, female, tall, small, with a disability without a but I didn't. I came in seventh.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. You know, what I'm getting from you and what my listeners are getting from you right from the very beginning is that uh, no is simply a start. And, and yes, exactly. And when you do face obstacles, which a lot of people are during COVID 19, there's a lot of obstacles that people are facing. That there's a lot of loss that they're dealing with. And there's a lot of no's that they're getting right now. But listening to your inspirational uh, story, you're inspiring us by showing us that no means I'm just going to let you uh, know what I'm made of. And we're, we're n o to k n o w and you <laughs> go for it, and you just keep you keep doing it until you succeed because you believe that much in yourself, and uh, that's incredible, sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, and to, to pick up something that you debriefed earlier is like I, I love I don't want to be overly humble, but you're so kind to say, and I just make it happen and I turn it around but the the gold in that turnaround uh, you said was like what's what's there? perspective. Where are they stopped? So that, that principle, there's only one teacher. There's 30 kids. How can she help a girl with no hands, no legs, tie her shoelaces, go to the bathroom, right? Mm. She's only one teacher. And, and so my mom was lucky enough to hear that she, he he was worried about being stuck with me. So she she counter-offered, she didn't say, oh, she can tie her shoelaces. She didn't counter-offer that because his concern wasn't that I could tie my shoelaces. His concern was being stuck with me. So she counteroffered, can we just try? And if it doesn't work out, then we'll go to another school. And then he let me give it a go. <laughs> so she didn't counteroffer; she can tie her shoelaces. The real gold in that is that she listened, she asked, right? And with Magnus, when I was train me, train me, train me, it didn't work, right? Even washing his boats, it was the underpinning of me, me, me and so but when i could tap into what is magnus is listening where does he need a hand then i was able to start the relationship building so that 3 months in he would finally see me but and it takes that persistence but it's it's speaking to the other person's listening what's what's going on in their world rather than what do i need so that i can develop that authentic relationship
1: and this is so true. I uh, you know, I'm a negotiator and have negotiated for many many years. And one of the key principles of negotiation is to listen to the other person, to actively listen to the other person without uh, you know, providing your opinion right from the very beginning or telling them how it's going to be because we really don't know what's going on in their heads until we ask them what's going on and then we can meet their needs. And I, I'm sure it was the same way with you. Once you demonstrated, once you were given the opportunity to demonstrate what you could do, the principal, I'm sure, welcomed you with open arms after that. And that was just one of the many stories that you've been able to to move through and what have some of the other challenges you've had so many my goodness uh, tell me some of the other challenges uh, how you were able to get to where you are now because you're very successful you're an author you've been on television you've been with some pretty uh, outstanding people and you've been delivering messages of hope and inspiration to a lot of people how did that happen for you?
2: So when I went into that kindergarten room that first day, mm. right, it was, and, I, and I didn't know it was only for a week. I didn't know it was dependent on the fact that I would get outside for, for recess. And, and I know the principal, what, he went outside to look for me at recess, and, and I never made it outside. Mm. And so that meant that I couldn't stay at that school. I see. Okay. But when he came back to find out, and my mom said, did you make it outside for recess at like three o'clock that day? And I'm like, I, I didn't. And so I was like, I upset that I let my mom down. And Mm -hmm. the principal asked the teacher, like, so how come couldn't she tie her shoelaces? And the teacher said, actually, one of her friends couldn't tie her shoelaces. So Tracy gave her a hand. And it, it turned out that none of those 30 kids could tie their shoelaces. And I ended up, doing everybody's shoelaces. So by the time I tied 30 shoelaces, the recess bell had gone off. And that's why I'd never made it outside.
1: Oh, no. I
2: I just wanted to play at recess, right? I had no idea that I was going to turn into the shoelace leader that day. (laughs) But I was so lucky because I got to feel how like more than just playing, I got to feel how amazing it was to be like a valuable contributor for 30 others. Mm-hmm. And, and that filled my soul, right? And forevermore, now I got 30 allies for the rest of my school life because I happened to tie shoelaces that first day by doing onto others, right? And that that so here we are, this authentic circle forever. And so you say, where does that hope come from? What's nice is the way that that big no, that first day of school rolled out because I I stumbled onto, to, okay, counter offer no. And the bonus is by tying all these other shoelaces, because my mom told me, make sure nobody's left behind. And, and I thought, and I didn't realize she meant me. She meant don't leave yourself behind. Make sure you get outside at recess because you can't stay at the school if you're not. She didn't put it that way. She just said, make sure nobody's left behind.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so that's how I ended up tying 30 shoelaces. But so, th- and that's, that's the magic. You know, you talk about, I've been lucky to be with some public personalities. And one of them is um, Kevin Frankish from Breakfast Television. And, you know, he's got a really big mission on wellness himself. He has a podcast, Happy Molecule. And when, he, when I interviewed him, uh, he was telling me, you know, that what's the opposite of depression or what's the opposite of anxiety? And he said it's hope. Mm. When you have no hope, right? That's why you can't get out of bed, for example. Right. And you talked about, you know, my mission in life is to give hope. And 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 so by virtue of being born without my arms and out my legs, sometimes people look at me and they're like, whoa, you know, no arms, no legs. And she was the first to climb the Himalayas, and she's a World Cup sailor, and she's a big famous speaker, 40 countries. And and so if she can do that, what's what's my excuse? And so I'm not I'm not directly giving hope, but but people seem to think that you know without my arms and my legs and i'm i'm thriving and surviving that that oh, my my wish would be that i give you hope if i can do it you can do it there is hope you have hope hang in there
1: and this is what i want my listeners to really grasp is that uh, you are an example of hope you're an example that things can be done despite uh, certain barriers uh, you know the fact that you don't have your arms or your legs but Yet you have such a rich and fulfilled life and have done so much more than so many other people out there. And so when people are saying, Well, hey, I can't do this, they should just pull out a picture of Tracy, unstoppable Tracy, and go, Well, wait a minute, let me rephrase that. Yes, I can, you know, <laughs> and and I what we need to do, I, I, there are a lot of people who are hopeless out there. And right now with COVID-19 and and the pandemic and, and everything else that's going on in the world and the unsettled, uh, uh, I guess society is unsettled, we're, we're at each other's throats, some people, and they've lost hope. And we're seeing a lot of this anger come out. What is it that you would be able to uh, tell people when they do feel hopeless? What is it that Tracy would tell them in a conversation?
2: like so exceed uncertainty, right? Feeling uncertain, you can feel uncertain, but feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. You just, you believe you are capable and you take action. Even when you don't know how, like we didn't know how I would ski but I wasn't gonna figure that out sitting on a couch at home. I had to get out there and, and I had a ski instructor and I had a life jacket when I was sailing. I, you have your safety set up, but you go for it mm. even when you don't know how. And because I went for it, what we ended up doing is we ended up putting my thighs in men's ski boots backwards. <laughs> and it put me in that duck squat position. But I wouldn't have figured that out Googling at home, right? Or right. on a couch. Right. Sometimes you got to jump in both feet, pardon the fun, feet or not. <laughs> and you need to jump in even when you don't know how. So you exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. And you embrace the possibility even when you don't know how. You don't avoid failure. You get started. You don't have to know how. You just get started. And then you earn independence but I didn't earn independence alone, right? You have lifelines. When I'm rappelling and climbing, I have a lifeline and there's, you know, Stuart Knight was my lifeline with top 10 event to launch me with a stage with Jane Fonda. And, and Paul with inspire us (laughs) is my lifeline to keep me inspired and motivated continuously because I need lifelines too. And so, You earn independence, not alone. Who is your Paul? Who is your Magnus? Who is your mother? Who is your lifeline? Because you earn independence, not alone. So exceed uncertainty, embrace possibility, and earn independence. Don't avoid failure. Uh, You go for it. You jump. You jump out of that airplane.
1: That's it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what an incredible uh what an incredible way of looking at life because you're absolutely right. Uh, too many people will stop at the thought without taking action or even giving it a shot. And yeah. I've told this and, and and Tracy, I know that you are you're a kindred spirit so you'll get this, but I tell people that, at the end of my life, on my deathbed, I don't want to be visited by the ghost of missed opportunities who said, you know what, Paul? You should have done this and you should have done that. And had you done this, this is how it would have turned out. Oh. I don't I don't want to be visited by those guys. What no. I want, I'm going to be visited by spirits. I want it to be a rock and roll party, you know, where they say, hey man, that was such a trip, way to go. And yeah. yeah uh, Because we do not know what we can accomplish unless we take the steps to make it happen. And people who are successes have failed more often than they have perhaps succeeded in many cases, right? So
2: true. You have millionaires, billionaires, famous rap singers, TV stars. The only thing they're really good at is failure. Successful (laughs) people are really good at failure. They just take it on again and again and again until... You know, one more try makes it successful.
1: Exactly, learning as learning from each defeat and from each setback, but never giving up hope. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, what's in store for you now? Um, what are you doing these days? It's COVID nineteen. Are you still speaking? I'm sure that you are. And what are you up to?
2: I've gone very virtual, speaking tons around the world. Uh, I was on United Kingdom this morning, and I'm with you here in Canada today and <laughs> you know, all over the world. Facebook brought me on for an event with uh, East Asia and the Middle East and Asia and Europe, and so lots of virtual events. But even uh, yesterday, I was in the basement of Loblaws on President's Way Circle there, and they have a massive studio, a green room and cameras and all sorts. So we were quarantined. We were apart. There was just me and a cameraman and a producer, basically. But we live streamed to all the employees in the Wholesale Way family, right? So there's there's still workarounds and ways. And it was very quiet through the summer. But my November is four or five things a day. Oh, wow. uh, it is really, really uh, ramping up. And it's all hours of the day because it's international. But so I'm making up for the last nine months, all in November.
1: <laughs> right? Well, I'm glad that you're making up for it. Because uh, those nine months have been very, very difficult for a lot of people. And yeah. I'm glad to see that you're getting that that energy that you have, you've got such a brilliant energy about you. And I'm sure that you're sharing that across the world with all your talks. Um, Now, how can people uh, reach out to you? How can they connect with you? Where can they buy your book?
2: Yes. Well, so uh, Unstoppable Tracy, right? There are two Ps in Unstoppable because it's so unstoppable. And I like to joke that, you know, I have no extra parts, no extra arms or legs. Mm -hmm. Who needs those excess appendages? (laughs) And no extra E in Tracy. It's just T-R-A-C-Y. Unstoppable Tracy. And that's Facebook, Instagram. That's my website, Unstoppable Tracy. And uh, I have a new podcast, Unstop the Story, launching December 3rd, International Day of People with Disabilities on December 3rd. So I hope that, and it's only 10, and it corresponds with the 10 chapters of my book. So people, as you say, my mission is is to you know take workplaces and have people feeling capable and innovative and creative and can do again but also a massive mission to keep hope alive in everyone on the planet right world peace and so my book has 10 chapters and i just want it in people's hands so there's a free download if you go to unstoppable tracy you can get a free download uh, but so you don't have to buy the book. I'm happy to share with you the free download um, But and sign up for Unstop the Story with Unstoppable Tracy for December 3rd.
1: Well, congratulations on the launch of the podcast in December, and I'm sure that it's going to be very, very successful. I'm not going to let you go just yet. Uh, What I would like to do, there's a lot of people out there who are now searching perhaps for new careers, and they are considering entrepreneurship. But again, with everything, and you and I have spoken about it, it, it is about taking action. But what is it that you would tell a new entrepreneur who might be getting into business a little uncertain a little hopeful but uh hesitant what would you how would you encourage them to start and launch and keep their new businesses
2: i i think uh the first is to listen to whatever it was that got you started to launching because what also begins to happen is maybe finances go awry like covid or Your technology learning curve ends up being way steeper than you ever imagined or, you know, your world. But what also happens is that people that love you or don't (laughs) enter into the conversation. Like when I went to head off for my sailing journey and it was 88 days of being in my car, my mom, my sister, my friends, my loved ones, people were with best intentions saying, I don't think that's such a great idea. I think you I don't think you should be an entrepreneur. I think it's a bad time to start. I don't, I think that's too hard. And and then they and then they try to get nicer and they say, you've done your very best. I don't really like the word best because when you've done your very best, it's almost got a finality to it, like, okay, I've tried and it didn't work. And it's an acceptance of not working. It's it, trying your best and keep going and and to my advice would be to not let those very kind-hearted negative people into your ears. And they could be people you care a lot about, like life partners or family or best friends. So when, when the negativity enters, it's because they can't imagine themselves taking on that risk. And so they're putting themselves in your shoes, but only you were in your shoes and you had the dream. So so stick with it and courage is in spite of fear right we know this i was petrified facing those bullies in school when they're all looking at me and saying don't talk to her i and i and when i put on a smile and I'm like i make eye contact and say hi i'm tracy i'm still scared inside right mm. and that's that's true with the cliff that's like the himalayas the largest mountains of the world and that's true with facing all the unions when air canada was going on strike and I was the person to facilitate discussions like I, I'm always afraid my stomach's in knots, even with this podcast, right. but you put on a smile and you make that eye contact and you go for it courage is in spite of the fear not without fear.
1: Right and I'm a firm believer of that is that fear is the one thing that keeps us from succeeding or moving forward or taking risks taking chances and getting what we want out of life. And if we just face our fears and move beyond them, there's so much that we can accomplish. And so for all new entrepreneurs out there, the naysayers will come because this is a time in in life where there is a lot of uncertainty, but you can create your own certainty in your own mind. Exactly. And keep working at it until it works out. Those 88 days that you might have to sit in a small little office somewhere, you know, yeah. getting your client, it'll happen, right, Tracy? It'll happen. Yes. Yeah. Any other great pieces of advice you would give people who uh, are going to be launching new businesses and, and taking new risks?
2: Can Can I say, you know, I I don't know what's going on in people's worlds. Like what's going on behind your eyes, Paul, and all of your listeners, like people are facing some pretty insurmountable, tough stuff, stuff that we don't even want to put into words right here on the podcast, right? We know that the women's hotline helpline is up 600% and, and stress is with anxiety, depression, suicide. There's some horrible things going on so and i people are facing job loss and bankruptcy and relationship challenges because of tight quarters and so i don't know what's going on behind your listeners eyes mm. and and i know that i have every excuse nobody would judge me for having a down day or not climbing the himalayas or not you know, doing a podcast during my busiest month of my entire year, what was I thinking to start a new podcast when I'm 24 seven on stage all day. And so I'm working all night to make it happen. Right. Right. For 30 days in a row. (laughs) No one would judge me for that excuse. They would, they would, they would say it's a realistic reason, but can I tell you when you live a life of no excuses You get to live a life of no limits, no excuses, no limits, right? It's tough love. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on in your world. Tough love. You live a life of no excuses. You have the bonus of no limits.
1: Mm, I love that, Tracy. It's so true. Uh, I know that we can heal ourselves. And with the help of others, we certainly can make it through this world uh, happy, and we just have to do the work behind it to make that happen. And you have been a living example of how that is done. And Tracy, I want to thank you so much for taking your time here today, and for providing all this inspiration to all my listeners out there who are now going to be fans of yours, if they're not already, which a lot of them are. And uh, Tracy, thank you. And I wish you continued success. And I'm, I'm so glad that we we connected, we got to know each other and uh, that you were here today. Thank oh, you for that.
2: Paul, thank you for being an ongoing lifeline. You are forever on my safety line, Mr. Inspire Us. You keep me inspired <laughs> and I'll keep inspiring others. it's a It's a full circle.
1: You're inspiring me. So we're going to work together.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.